0: So emotions emotions and working with those understanding those um, emotions. Uh, in, in Buddhist analysis this is sanya Sankara. It's a conjoining of perception and um, an activation, certain you know, sweeping effect. Perception as a generic effect, overall general hit, and then the which is emotive, it's felt. Then there can be a varying degree of activations, um, verbal talking, uh, stimulation, excitement, um, and then then of course suppression. Of, of emotion, suppression of the and discarding of perception. Mm-hmm. So the emo- out of the emotion can, out of the emotions can generate stories and self views. Oh. The feeling of being the person who is experiencing the emotion or experience who's who's hit or touched or moved and then wants more or wants less or feels overwhelmed or feels awkward or feels guilty and tries to change their emotion or blame it on somebody else. You make me feel this. Now, then, this proliferation into self, other future, past, and so on. It's the proliferation is definitely something that is discarded uh, by uh, enlightened ones, Nipapuncha, no proliferation. Mm. Perception is, is there, they still have perception. Mm. Still able to be motivated, to activate, to determine, decide, take decisions, move onwards, uh, respond, uh, make, make critical judgments. So, certainly, the Sankara aggregate is, is alive and well. <laughs> uh, the Sanya aggregate is alive and well. Mm. Feeling, mental and physical. Mm. Overwhelmed is not there. Oppressed is not there. Flooded is not there. Mm. proliferation has ceased. Mm. It can be an understandable Mistake to imagine that uh, they don't feel anything, or that perception or feeling affected is, is problematic. It, is, it certainly could be problematic, but it's, um, you know, if we look at any of these accounts, these people certainly had perceptions were, uh, gladdened, inspired. And, motivated out of concern but they certainly knew what was going on. They were able to feel a sense of this person is this, she's this, he's that, that's what's happening. Respond. You know, otherwise how would they teach? There's no perception. <laughs> They're not percipient. Mm-hmm. So it said wherever there is consciousness you cannot find a separation In consciousness, perception, and feeling, they're conjoined. This is the Mahavedala Sutta. If you're interested, very brief statement. Mm A greater series of questions and answers. Mm -hmm. No, wherever there's consciousness, there's always perception and feeling, and this occurs right into. These very sublime states—the perception of nothingness. The, so the, the jhanas are subtle, subtle levels of perception. One's a percipient of light. One's a percipient of happiness. One's a percipient of a, a limiter of some kind. One's a percipient of infinite space. And the subtlest level of perception is called the level of ni- neither perception nor non-perception, which is just really, really inconceivably re- reduced level of perception. But by and large, the Buddha felt this wasn't a very profitable area to be in. We don't get any insight. It's not a door for liberation. So the 11 doors the deathless are always conjoined with some perception. Refined, but gen of a skillful nature. And one is percipient of uh, the lovability of beings, therefore... One has the sense of metta. One is percipient of the suffering of beings. Therefore, one is the jetana, the volition of compassion. One is percipient of people's enjoyment and skills and happiness. Therefore, one is the experience of mudita. One is percipient of the nature of karma, the ups and downs of it. Therefore, one is equanimity. These are examples of perception is there. You know, and one to a take on things. Mm. And citta is touched. And, you know, otherwise there would be no teaching. Mm. And no transmission. People would just listen to words and go, uh oh. <laughs> sound. Mm. But so perception <laughs> is there, you know. Mm. But, it's, but notice it doesn't say sankara is inevitable with consciousness. It's conjoined is um, perception, feeling conjoined with consciousness. Sankara is an add-on, we might say. Although, for by and large, it's a it's always an accessory. But it's not so completely bound up. And it's also said, you know, without perception, feeling, and sankhara. There's no going on in consciousness. There's no further moving in that trajectory. There's no coming into birth. So it seems the hinge point is the sankara. If that ceases, then you know the consciousness persists as long as one is percipient of that thing. When it disappears, the mind isn't going on. Mm-hmm. So and clearly the buddha was able to function with many many um, beings seeking him out day and night and whatever his body was experiencing but not getting overwhelmed by it all was, mind wasn't mulling things over problems of the day it's just it's finished recipient and then it's gone and ended hmm. So it's the, you know, beginning to sense you know, the, the real dividing point is this sankara, this f- condition, f- activations, programs, fabrications, formations, which occur in three bases. They, they occur in the base of verbalization, the thinking mind where you get a cascade of thoughts. They occur in the, in the heart base, the citta. It's a cascade of ongoing lamentations or excitement. This is how pleasure and pain arise in one internally. I <laughs> may not think the pleasure is a problem, but it is in this sense, as we get infatuated intoxicated with ourselves Mm -hmm. Mm. or our skills or our our good fortune or our pleasure Mm. so and then they occur in the bodily sense as a bodily activation and the, uh, what occurs for people because of the uh, inability to to uh, fathom and handle or discharge or meet difficult perceptions that something just cuts off the the sankara cuts off that, it doesn't bring it to skillful sensation, it just shuts it off, suppresses it and even suppresses the perception. Uh, until you start meditating then it begins to open up, come back in again. So things such as betrayal, uh, or, you know, qualities that we've not been able to manage, very difficult Perceptions, uh, griefs—you uh, know—elements of things that people have done we f- we're very disturbed by, but we we weren't able to handle that, so we just that's okay, I suppose, shut it off. And it was so so closed off that in order to close it off, one the body has to be shut the heart closes, it's so closures of heart. You don't really feel anything anymore, you don't feel it. You don't feel The body closes, mm. you don't feel that. Mm. Well, that course doesn't deal with it, and um, because of our, uh, our, our limited capacities, The degree of that is, that experience is quite normal. And particularly if uh, there's a kind of taboo against uh, or punishment for feeling and perceiving and getting activated. You shouldn't feel that, you shouldn't be upset, you shouldn't be angry, you shouldn't be uh, this way or another. You should just be in control of your emotions. Well, this is a a line that gets um either specifically said or very much modelled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, and, and also it's, it's gender-based also, there are emotions that women are allowed to feel that men aren't allowed to feel and there are emotions that men are allowed to feel that women aren't allowed to feel <laughs> in a kind of stereotyping experience. Yeah, so it's all right for women to feel sad, but angry is not good. It's all right for men to be angry, but sad is not good. Fright is not not frightened is not good for anybody really, but it's okay for women to feel a bit frightened, but men should never feel it. This kind of thing. Yeah. How crazy is that? And so there's a huge suppressions and around these, these experiences that are pretty base, basically, if you're human, you feel those things. You feel threat when even a beetle gets angry, I'm sure if you poke it in a corner, they look like it, even a mouse. You know, rear up, it's basically the system powers up to defend itself. Uh, uh, Every creature that has life must have fear to preserve it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, creatures feel grief. Elephants weep, cows weep, moan over their calves being taken away from them. Yeah. So, even animals uh, feel emotions are affected, they're affective creatures, that's what it is to be sentient. So if we shut down this quality, we're becoming less than sentient. And these, this is, you ought to be careful with that, because even Buddhist meditation, the idea should be calm and tranquil and and see things clearly as they are, not have these wellings up, is a a rather unfortunate piece of surgery, in my opinion. But if you, so, what does it take? And so you really have to you come into the body, you can begin to sense the disturbances. Sometimes they're not particularly verbal, just disturbances, pressures, tensions, uncertainties. You move around a situation, you feel flushes of anxiety, doubt, mm. worry, feeling a bit guilty, missed this, turned up late for that. Am I being a nuisance? These kind of things can occur. These flushes of uncertainty in the social domain, which I think is, again, quite normal, because we actually, when you can't talk to each other, you don't get the signals that that's okay. <laughs> so you see this experience of am I too much and enough is it going on, uh, and then this just kind of. This is not, I don't think this is anything particularly wrong, but you want to be careful of the mental proliferation that can go on around that. It's quite normal to feel disoriented in a situation where you haven't actually experienced what a group of people would normally do, which is say hello, sit down, have a talk, chat, feel each other out, you know. (laughs) This is kind of... (laughs) Always a rather strange thing, but then you notice how the mental proliferations can start to spin out, and they're also not particularly gladdening. But there's room for insight. We see how we can project onto others, and it tells you where perceptions have these carry these taints. So perceptions can be based just purely upon sight, sound uh, you know, and direct in direct body inference. You know, you sense, your body trembles uh, with the suffering of others. Well, something. Otherwise you don't get it. Otherwise, you haven't really got it. Your body is, feels happy um, with the happiness and joy of others, you get a little flush of warmth, otherwise you haven't got it. Uh, and if that's the case, then there's the problem. If you don't feel it, that's could to be considered a problem, and, and quite a normal problem. Uh, we just, in, in our social life, when there's so many, in a normal day, you might see people on screens, you might see people behind desks, and there's no real... Contact as a, on a subjective level of fellow human being. So we get to only partially know, you know, experience each other as images. And this can supplant the actual reality of, of human beings and even the reality of one's own experience. We want to be a model, not a real human being. We want to be an image, not the real thing. We want to be a self-image that is okay and looks fine and cheerful and comfortable and confident, and so forth. you know, rather than this trembly being, which is more likely the case, or potentially trembly, you know, not constantly maybe, but like an, you know, it's got a certain, what's happening, you know? Okay, ah, ooh, oh, ooh. You know, that kind of thing going on. And I would say that's, an animal does that. You know, and so that is just the nature of consciousness. Uh, but if we want to be a self, who is nice and clear and this, that, and the other, these self images are socially modeled, the personality Meeting some of this trembly stuff just closes it down. You close it down as a closing in the body and a closing in the heart. When it's extremely difficult, the heart closes. And you see the horrible things that human beings can do to each other when the heart closes. The, the callousness, and the dismissal, and the naming. You know, all oh, these are, you know, whatever they were. You know, you you can name the names in the Holocaust histories, the genocide histories, the brutalities, the slavery, the criminalization of beings. I mean, the heart closes, and they're not a being. They're just that, you know, a problem. And this goes on, has gone on, continues to go on. closed heart. shut down the natural empathy. Uh, In a very problematic world this is this is a strategy, mm. but it's not uh, certainly not uh, from an awakened point of view desirable, necessary or recommended. What is recommended is to know the feeling and the perception. Mm. Listen to that, be spacious, be ground stay grounded with that. Let it move. It may may tell you something. It may advise you what to do when you listen to that. Now is the time to be quiet. Now is the time to inquire. Now is the time to move forward. Now is the time to back off. Simple. And it works pretty well. I was out in... um, temple monastery in, in New Hampshire for the rains. And one, one day I was walking out back to my cootie in the forest and I saw this snake in the path, fairly low, about I think about a couple of feet long, two and a half feet long. It was it sort of dark color and it was slithering, this lovely quality to it, the fluidity of, of a snake moving. I was so interested in that, looking at that. Rippling the snake, so I kind of crept up closer to it, looking at the snake, and then the snake turned around, coiled, and then it it coiled, and it drew its head back. The next thing I was aware of was this feeling in my feet, and I realized I was looking at the snake from a yard away. (laughs) Uh, And I heard this kind of grunt and that was me. And what happened was the body, this snake was drawing its head back, with the you know with the inclination to strike, I guess. So my body had jumped back a yard. I felt the firmness of my feet on the ground as it as it took its stand, and there was a kind of defensive to the snake. And I, I, you know, the body just did that. And you're thinking, well, good for you. So I had to try to figure it out, what to do. <laughs> but there was no, it was not like I was averse to the snake or blaming the snake or an issue with snakes. It was just that, that immediate perception straight into the body. The body immediately react, responded. And, uh, and then I, oh, yeah. and then we looked at each other. Okay, bit of boundaries here. So, <laughs> you know, okay, rather you go your way, you know. Uh, The snake didn't want to be bothered. But is is that problematic? Imagine if you didn't. It's mindfully noting, snake, snake... So one sees this is the perception, and there's no mental, no thinking proliferation. Didn't happen there. There wasn't really a great sense of emotional distress. It was just yeah. the immediate body response. And then, so then, as as the system came back into, still there's no emotional aversion to the snake. There was a sense of okay it's time to just give it some space, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't proliferating about it. Mm. Well, it. could proliferate, you know, and people do. Some people find it difficult, go to temple monastery because of ticks. Ticks and Lyme disease, so there are ticks. And some ticks have Lyme disease, so yeah, true enough. But yeah, I was there four and a half months, and I never saw a tick. Maybe I was lucky. But I'm, what I mean is that one could see a thing. all oh, the ticks out there, there's ticks out there, outside the door it's full of ticks, a world of ticks outside the door. Here's a tick over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you they're quite small, but because it's probably, they're out there. they maybe planning. To launch on you as you walk out the door, <laughs> you could work that one up into something, and people do this kind of thing, you know. And you think, well, yeah, but I'll just be careful, you know, and that's all I can do, really. Yeah. But to to mentally proliferate around it, which is what can happen when one hasn't when something is locked that into an immediate. Say that the sense of caution and we should be on guard, sensitive, you know, say nervy or attuned. But then, you know, what's the the sankara, the activation? Do you just shut yourself inside your room for the rest of your life, or you just say, well, you know, you, you know, I'll just be careful um, and uh, be attentive. Uh, So, this is when that sense of, you could say, a a right, appropriate fear or appropriate, yeah, I'd say fear, perhaps too strong a word, but appropriate awareness of the danger is there, and that's okay. And so you don't proliferate around it. So there isn't, there isn't stuck in your mind. You're not thinking every day of, about ticks or snakes. Or, you know, so it's not becoming a burden. Sankara is just kept at a very rudimentary level of preparedness in the, you know, in the body. It's nature. But it's not coming into the citta, the heart or the, or the thinking mind. Buddha's own awakening, he said he was experiencing all kinds of fear and dread. He said the fear and dread as he was practicing were so enormous he just kept walking until the fear and dread had passed. He felt fear and dread. Uh, and many other things I would imagine. And perception. You know, out in the forest in the dark... Strange sounds around fear and dread. Mm. But then the quietening of the activation around that, not through suppression, but, but through just, okay, all we know is this is this. The body is feeling this. That's fine. It doesn't have to go any further for now because there's nothing there to deal with. If we consider the experiences we might have, you know, you might have a difficult time retreat, going into fear, doubt, uh, irritation, and then is it, oh, I can't practice, I can't practice, I can't practice here, I can't practice there, something wrong with me practice is falling apart, I don't know what I'm doing. Is it possible to just go back to what's happening in the body and acknowledge, well, disorientation is like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Memories are like this. Mm -hmm. Perceptions are like this. Mm. So when he's beginning to work on the connection, in Sanya and Sankara, and there could be set perceptions that when you, you stay in them, you linger in them, you say, This is a fairly. or you don't. you could acknowledge there's nothing shaky about it, there's nothing murky about it, uh, there's nothing distorted, there's not a self image in it, it's just the straight perception of this is the grief, and you feel it stirring. Uh, this is the grief in a person. You feel the stirring. Mm. See, this is not even a person. It's just the grief quality in the human. And something. This is the grief quality in sentiency. It is sad. You cannot say it's not sad. So this is that. But it doesn't have to go further. Uh, so if we're not allowing ourselves to feel that, then there's, uh, um, you know, there's problems. We, we close body, we close the heart, and what are we doing? We thinking about something else, missing, missing the reality, missing what's happening, missing empathy. And if we miss empathy, that may save us some some grief. It also it also removes joy. It removes. Uh, uh, clarity. If we feel these more uncomfortable emotions, then it's also the more clearly they're felt just as they are, then they arise. You can sense them. The body and the heart can then respond. as calming, opening, steadying, listening. Letting it move. That's clarity. That's a wise way of dealing with it. What's left when that passes, you have a very wide, open, attentive heart. Quiet, peaceful. And the arising and passing is peace. But if things haven't been allowed to arise, They don't pass, they just stay in the basement. So passing of difficult feelings is a great idea. The arising of them is the difficult bit. (laughs) But they don't pass unless they've arisen. (laughs) And to arisen in a way whereby the mental proliferation, the verbal proliferation is successively reduced, 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 carefully, skillfully reduced, not throttled, but really what is happening here? What is the point? What do you feel in your body? What's going on now? What's it say? This was shocking, this was stressful, this was improper, this was hurtful. Mm-hmm. Not denying that, how is that? Shaking, moving, Maybe it could finish its conversation. The significant feature, uh, and one says it in many different ways, is to, is the I am, of course. The I am, when I am supposed to be this, I'm supposed to be that, I'm not supposed to feel this, I should be doing that that is an obstruction. So that sets up a counter sankara, ahankara, which counteracts or mud- mud- muddies the water. You know, not only feeling sad, but also feeling embarrassed about feeling sad. Then I'm feeling guilty about feeling embarrassed about feeling sad, and then I'm feeling ashamed, and so on, and so on, and so on. And then I'm trying to shut something down and not feel it. So you get a kind of whole cluster of compulsive sankharas go on around this selfing of, of uh, experience and of the response to it, what I should feel and what I should be. Unfortunately, this is very much encouraged to be one's own sensor, uh, you yeah. know, A stiff upper lip, a spritz is supposed to be good at. (laughs) But the upper lip gets a lot more softer over a few years of meditation. And the lower lip too. You know, it may sound you're like just going to collapse into emotional chaos, but that doesn't seem to be the case either. It seems that the more one is able to experience some of the rage uh, quality when one feels uh, uh, unjustly treated or one is defending oneself against other people's hostility. And the more one is uh, able to acknowledge that this is just the nature of the cornered creature, and this is verbal, but it's not verbal. It's just that sense of feeling that you know something powers up, and then what is that, and you release. And this, of course, is also very confusing. What, uh, so I'm not a person given to to, <laughs> to violence. And, you know, I don't think I've ever acted in a vi- physically in a violent way. then you know, becoming a, a monk, then this is obviously a peaceful, non-violent occupation. So it took a while to actually you know, sense that. I think the first thing really surprised me it was uh you know monasteries are fairly open situations so i was talking to one of the one of the nuns and this man came in he was obviously well after all it became clear that he was not all there mentally very distorted so he started kind of saying teasing and you know, being flippant and disrespectful and i could just feel something and we just starting to rise up <laughs> And uh, you know, heating up. Mm. This is a, this strange uh, image: Buddhist monk caught in brawl, <laughs> <laughs> robes flying. As I <laughs> all myself, all this. but it didn't happen. I just feel this kind of mm-hmm, happening, <laughs> like the snake, you know, ready to. And, then, and actually, she she dealt with it. She just dealt with herself Uh, oh this is interesting isn't it you know about to floor this guy uh, (laughs) and then just okay that was that and then not a lot of proliferation around it clearly the person was mentally disturbed Mm. uh, but well look at that Mm, how interesting Mm. So one senses, and maybe that's just the primary mammalian response, you know, when you see your fellow being threatened. Maybe it's a male response, that was that. You notice that, and mm -hmm. what would have happened, I don't know. Probably said something. But one senses, though, that that this was an act of what was being perceived quite truly as an act of hostility and aggression, and there was a response to that, which passed, wasn't acted upon, wasn't thought about. I think these really are senses to to touch into because with that then also you know it's cleaner that way and it's clearer because when that ar- arises and it's felt in the body then actually the signal is there and then deactivated the body can handle it hmm. and therefore it doesn't Continue. And one isn't constantly planning what to do the next time somebody does this or that or the other. It's just, it's, it's, it's you, you deal with it when it happens. And your system is percipient. But the going on and the mental proliferation and the generating, you know, a whole story around it, that ceased. If that isn't, Allowed to arise, be met, handled and felt, the story does continue. There is a story that goes on. When those mental proliferation does occur, but with suppressed feeling, the mental revelation that occurs is somewhat indirect. It doesn't, it says there's something wrong with me. It says, I'm someone who doesn't deserve. It says, you know, it doesn't say, doesn't actually directly talk about the experience because the experience has been closed. It's just the sense of being closed being closed, if if the sense of being closed occurs, for whatever reason, if the sense of being closed occurs, in the bodily sense, in the heart sense, the perception is there's something wrong with me. And there is. The problem is it's closed. But it gets translated as shame, guilt, inadequacy, useless, unworthy. and mental proliferation occurs around that basis. Or to get one away from that basis, doing stuff to avoid that, that experience. So when you get these generic qualities, and I think the sense of unworthy is quite common for people. What, 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 what does it mean? You know, I, I know I, I sense the experience, but is that coming up as a, as a thought or an idea? What is worth anything who is worth anything? You know? <laughs> Unworthy of, of what? You know? Where did the calculation begin? And it's just this this is a mental interpretation of a closed excluded feeling, excluded from freedom, from warmth, from comfort, from self respect, from calm. Hmm. What excluded it? The closing excluded it. What caused the closing? Inability to meet difficult perception and feeling. Mm. One who is unworthy will always be fettered by that in whatever they do. That acts as the basis for the perpetuation of consciousness. That's a long way of putting it. that acts as the basis for the perpetuation of consciousness means that, you know, when this person is somewhere, they think, oh, well, but I'm not. Mm. When something's going on, yeah, but I can't do that. When something's, oh, I'm not allowed in, I'm not good enough for that. It gets specific instances that it it points to, you know. It, it, It gets specific around details that have got no validity, I mean, you can create statistics on very nominal things. You know. He's looking at me. She thinks I'm no good. They all do that. You know. Where's the evidence? Tiny, tiny, you can generally get something. But what is, where does is this comes from? Where do the specific details of the problem arise from? the overall sense of you get it what is it something wrong with me not the not included uh, not worthy inadequate uh, distasteful and some something of that nature what's that and that this kind of flush of perception is a distorted perception it's based upon closure so notice when this kind of stuff is happening if it does happen for you I hope not, but likelihood is, sometimes it does. What's happening in the heart? Can you feel your heart? Can you feel your heart in the centre of your chest, in your body? Do you feel your body? Or do you just feel your head? Do you feel constrictions in your body? Hmm? Don't you see those Those are all connected? Closure. If you have doubt, lack of confidence, feeling of can't make it, Make what? Uh, well, you know, I just can't get calm, can't meditate. But yeah, but you know, the, the problem is that quality is, is just called closure of heart. Can you lift your foot and put it down again? Yeah. Can you know you're doing that? Yeah. Then that's called meditations. <laughs> You know, so then we create, well I can't do this, this sort of trajectories of jhanas and stream entries and you know, yeah, it's all there, one can do it. We can use uh, teachings to perpetuate our doubt. We can use role models, uh, great luminous beings to perpetuate our sense of inadequacy. Mm. We can use wonderful standards of perfectionism in order to validate our sense of being stained, guilty, wrong. What is the source of that? Is it really, is it this closure? And when you're closed, you don't know. Maybe you don't even know you're closed. Because one is so busy with the story, involved with the story. Not even wishing for the story, but just thrown into it running on. That's the consciousness, mental consciousness, running on, pushed on by this sankara of you know, closure, fear, loss, cut off. We, when we cut off from ourselves, we're cut off from communion in empathy with beings. This is truly death it's the spirit. Fortunately, it's not a permanent death, but it is of that nature. We can be reborn, if you like. But that's how it goes. And just, you know, when you look at things like rebirth and transmigration of consciousness and so forth, this is what's happening, you know? You can see that the story that wasn't completed five years ago, that You weren't able to complete for one reason or another. You know? Now that is the reason for a certain closure of heart. Based upon that, consciousness proceeds. Onwards, proceeds. And everything it touches, it infects with the same qualities. Consciousness is just a function. You loaded it or something loaded it, that's where it's gonna go, yeah? If it got loaded with that particular message, it's completely accurate, that's where it goes. There's no choice in consciousness. And you know, if you take these teachings on rebirth seriously, well <laughs> that's what it's about. You know, that which has been loaded. Uh, and not cleared, not understood, not felt, not discharged, is causes the faring on of beings. Mm. Uh, so this is a matter then of some urgency. So, you know, these, uh, and because, you know, our thinking mind can function okay, okay in its own crazy way, and we can see and hear and touch and so forth, we don't necessarily, but when you really realize what's what's loaded, what the latent tendencies are, then when you come on retreat, and some of those avenues of mental proliferation, of, being able to do stuff and go out and things are closed, then the citta has ways was penned in by that. Then it, it begins to hear, feel, you know, the weight, these anutsaya, these tendencies to come, start moving, you get asawa, which is the flood. The blatant tendencies, the and then something touches, and then the flood bursts the asawa, outflow, flood, and where did that come from? And then the proliferation, um, I'm not really able to do this, I can't manage this, that, and the other. And then Shame, guilt, loss of faith, loss of confidence, and closure, and so on. Mm-hmm. So this is but then you say, well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, this is how it is, <laughs> and uh, these are in a way have to, the dam has the burst in order to really deal with the material. And ideally, it, meditation is not exactly a dam burst, it's just opening a sluice gate a little but sometimes the dam bursts. <laughs> you know, ideally you can just kind of open it a little bit and feel some of the feeling in your body, in a sense of dis-ease or disturbance or irritation or grief or loss or betrayal or shame or something. Okay, there's that. And you, you try to uh, feel it as this Mm. then you read that you probably will discover narrative of what that's about where it it got planted Mm. but for the uh, and that's also kind of what happens sometimes you don't get any narrative you just get a strange I don't know sense uh, of that it's not absolutely necessary there's a narrative but the felt sense and the body, and the breathing, loving acceptance, Mm. to mm, take the I am out of it, seemingly not, you know, we don't take the the emotion or the perception, you take the I am out of that, the I shouldn't experience this, is probably the first one to go. I've got to manage this second one to go. How do I get rid of this next one to go? The I am's gradually fall away as they become seen as this is not taking you anywhere. It's just proliferation. Get down to the, the, the feeling in under your skin. And then it's Opening, breathing, grounding, letting it move through. This is definitely something you can um, practice with. Calming and insight. Some calming enough to hold it, enough to cool, enough to soothe, just enough to soothe and make it manageable. This is why we couldn't manage it. This is why it wasn't that, it wasn't that skill. Insight, in looking into, this is this, it's just this experience, this is the aggregate. I mean, you don't necessarily have these words, but that recognition, this is this flushing experience. This is this welling up experience. And then what's the response of that space back off? You know, the thing is coiling its head more space until you find a place where there can be a response rather than a reaction. Uh, So insight, you look into what is the condition as a condition and and noticing it's moving, changing, selfless, it's not really a person. Um, it's it's intimate, it's subjective, but it's not a person. Mm. And then more and more sense of dispassion towards that to allow it to move on. Mm. So these processes are very much um, encouraged so the consciousness does not perpetuate and also that we do deal with what needs to be dealt with. We don't just kick the can down the road because it's a long, long road. one. <laughs> hmm. anyway.